This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Independent news commentary with a California perspective, featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 13, Episode 10, The Sebastopol Documentary Film Festival. Talking with co-director and lead programmer, Gene McLaughlin. The 15th annual Sebastopol Documentary Film Festival premieres March 24th through the 27th. With us today to talk about the festival is Gene McLaughlin. Sebastopol is known for its Pinot Noir vineyards and innovative farm-to-fork organic cuisine. The city of 7,500, located in West Sonoma County, was long associated with the Gravenstein apple, which to this day still graces the city flag. But it's also home to a vibrant art scene. The Sebastopol Arts Center hosts many exhibits throughout the year. So it's not surprising that the annual film festival has taken off. And this year, it celebrates its 15th anniversary with a roster of 73 documentary films out of a total of more than 600 that were submitted. In 2020, the festival was approved by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences as a qualifying festival for the documentary short subject category in the Oscars. Of the more than 8,000 film festivals currently listed in Film Freeway's portal, only 158 have the Academy Award qualifying status. Sebastopol Film Festival Jury Award for Short Subject and Jury Award for Mini Doc are now eligible for consideration for the Academy Awards. Hi, Jean, and welcome to show. Hi, Tim. It's so good to be with you today. Thank you for that great introduction. My pleasure. Jean, let's get right to the very beginning. What is the genesis of the Sebastopol Documentary Film Festival? The Sebastopol Center for the Arts is now 32 years old, I think. In 2007, Eliza Hemingway, local documentary filmmaker, came to the center with the notion of starting a film festival. And our executive director at the time, Linda Galetta, said, of course, let's give it a shot. So her idea was to make Sebastopol a doc-centric community Uh that nourished filmmakers, documentary filmmakers in their work and also brought in a community that could see, experience, and understand the wealth of topics and energy and styles that come along with documentary film. Now, Jean, for the benefit of our audience, could you give us a brief definition of a documentary and the and the three different award categories in the festival? I'll be happy to. I'll start I'll start with Alfred Hitchcock's definition of a documentary. In narratives that feature films, the director is God. In documentary films, God is the director. 
documentary films don't set out with a scripted way of filming their story. They storyboard it. They have a notion of the story they want to tell. But in filming the story, they go along with it as it happens. So anything, in fact, can happen. And you don't usually create documentary films in editing. You enhance Uh the story that has unspooled before you with editing. So that's that's the biggest difference. Probably get scholars writing and all kinds <laughs> of others. But. Well, if that's Alfred Hitchcock's definition, I mean, who are we, who, who mere mortals that we are, who are we to dispute Alfred Hitchcock? Exactly. Let's come back to the three categories of awards that you'll be announcing on opening night on the 24th. Could you just tell us what those three categories are, Jean? Categories are feature films, which are films over 40 minutes in length. Then there are short films, and the definition of a short is between 40 and 10 minutes in length. And then there are the mini docs that say everything they need to say under 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them (laughs) quite under 10 minutes. I think we have the shortest one we have here. This year is two minutes. And it's a a stunner. I mean, (laughs) it really is. Well, we'll come back to that in a minute. But let's kind of pull the curtain back and go behind the curtain and look at the process at your film festival. You had over 600 submissions coming from countries all around the world. You had to narrow that universe down to 73. Could you just tell us briefly what that selection process is like? Because I guess all 600 have to be viewed, have to be looked at, have to be scored in order to distill it down to 73. Could you give us a a brief description of that process? Sure. We have an open call for entries and it starts June 1st every year. An open call means anybody can enter their film into the film festival and there is a fee involved so I won't go further into that but once they're in we have a cadre of wonderful volunteers who screen each film and each film has, each screener has a sheet where in it's scored in a way. So after a bit becomes a numerical elimination. Uh-huh. <laughs> but every film is watched by a, a minimum of three sets of eyes. <laughs> okay. And some of them are watched by four and five people at the beginning. So every film is really given a fair shot and the respect that each filmmaker deserves. We mm-hmm. we feel very strongly about that. They've worked so hard to make it. Absolutely. Now, now, of the 600 films that were submitted this for, for the 
for this year, for the 15th anniversary year. You had mentioned earlier that over 200, perhaps 250 came from overseas. That's well over 30%. Give us a sense of some of the countries, because you told me earlier, it's a very wide range of countries that are submitting films to, to the festival. Could you mention a few? Yes, Switzerland. We have a wonderful one called Cows on the Roof from Switzerland. It's just amazingly beautiful and has wonderful story and sub-story with it. We have two films from Iran that are are really spectacular. One is a beauty parlor and the other one has to do with transgender child and the family Mm -hmm. support of this child. We have one made by a Polish director called Rust. He was going to come to the festival, but he won't be able to as he is shuttling refugees through his home, mm-hmm. feeding and clothing and sending them on to their next destinations. We had one come in from Russia. We have one coming from the Cotswold. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a variety of places. What about Asia? Asia? We didn't have that many this mm-hmm. year from Asia. There are, there are some that have Asian topics, but they were made by filmmakers outside of Asia. I see. Could you give us a the profile of your typical filmmaker? Is there a typical filmmaker or is it just a very broad array in terms of gender, age, background, etc.? It is a broad array. There is no typical filmmaker. It's a human being with a passion to tell a story. The person can be any age, gender, color. And it's wonderful because we get such a great mix Mm -hmm. of perspectives and stories that well up from the personal experience. How do all of these wonderful filmmakers abroad and here in the United States, how do they hear about the Sebastopol Documentary Film Festival? I mean, I, of course, we live in Sebastopol, God's country, beautiful, beautiful part of uh, Western Sonoma County. But how did the rest of the world get to hear about the festival? Well, over the years that we've been in existence, we have courted filmmakers from other countries to participate. We follow, as a programmer, I follow what's going on all over the world in festivals and see who's doing what and start interactions with those filmmakers and those distributors who also play a really important part in bringing us a lot of films. Mm -hmm. And the reception here by our audience to these films from around the world has also encouraged filmmakers to participate. Prizes have been awarded all over the world. Mm -hmm. One one to uh, a Bedouin sheep herder (laughs) a couple of years ago. 
It's really quite amazing. The three winners will be announced on opening night. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. Well, that's very exciting. So then, so that uh, the night of March twenty fourth, we'll know what those uh, the we'll know which are the three winners in those categories, right. and then those three winners in turn have qualified for consideration for next right. year's Academy Awards, I guess. Yes. The jury award films go straight into that consideration. So then it's up to the Academy and mm -hmm. whatever their system is for bringing them up to the top. I must say that at the last two Academy Award presentations, uh, even though us virtual, we had four different filmmakers in the short subject who were there in their tuxes. Really? So, <laughs> really? That's so so this so, so winning the Sebastopol Documentary Film Festival is a much coveted and sought after honor in the documentary it, short space. It is and filmmakers hear about that. And so that's an important reason for why they would send their film here. Well, and I guess one of the other important reasons is that you and your team of trusty volunteers do a very professional job in getting the word out, soliciting more films every year, watching them, categorizing them. So it sounds as though it's a, it's a very rigorous process. Is there anything else special to West Sonoma County that you'd like to share with our audience that that makes these films that that makes these filmmakers gravitate towards our our little town? I think that West Sonoma County also referred to as left county in Sonoma County loves they have an innate curiosity and want to know about the rest of the world. They love stories that reveal hidden secrets about how people get through their ordinary day. They love stories that have political bent to them. We also have great support for from and for the LGBTQI community. And we have always had a part of our film festival dedicated to that community and we carefully curate films for the, for that audience. Uh -huh. Of course, here in the Bay Area, we have a number of different film festivals, not in the documentary category, but in other categories. I'm thinking of the San Francisco International Film Festival. Sure. And then again, in Sonoma County, there are two other film festivals of note. No, excuse me. There's one other film festival of note in Sonoma County. It's the Sonoma Film Festival yes. in the town of Sonoma. And then there's also in Marin County, there's the Mill Valley Film Festival. But I understand that neither Mill Valley nor Sonoma has qualified for this prestigious Academy Award qualifying status. Is that true? That, that is correct. We are three very different film festivals. There's no animosity among <laughs> Sonoma tends to go with what its audience really loves, which is food and film and celebrity and wine. And Mill Valley tends to go 
with what its audience and community craves, which is a, a lot of celebrity and some of the top film festival products that come out of Sundance and Telluride and IDA and things of that sort. We specialize in character-driven films from the next level of festival of the film festival plane and we don't compete for celebrities we can't we don't have the budget and our filmmakers are our celebrities Mm -hmm. we do everything we can to support our participating filmmakers including continuing to follow them on our website because people are become engaged with the filmmakers and the topics that they Mm -hmm. bring. So it's not just a one weekend event. All year long, people who are fans can go to our website and learn continuing stories, either of the filmmakers or the classes. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you, you began your remarks by referencing the master Alfred Hitchcock. And of course, he was a feature film filmmaker, but he made, of course, he made at least two films in Sonoma County. Of course, The Iconic Birds in 1962, out in Bodega and Bodega Bay, uh, which isn't far from the village of Bodega is not far from my home. And secondly, he made that film in 1949 in Santa Rosa, so yes. he he had two films that were filmed right there in Sonoma County. And once again, we were and still do celebrate the filmmaker, Alfred Hitchcock. So it's quite appropriate in a sense for the Documentary Film Festival to be in Sonoma and to reference Hitchcock because of the great filmmaker that he was. Yeah, he also had the most succinct quotes that I could get for you today. <laughs> yes. you know, the, now, the two venues where the, where the film festival takes place, yeah. one is the Rialto Theater downtown. And oh, the Rialto Theater has just been such a mainstay uh, for us. It's, everything's in walking distance. The Rialto has given us the entire balcony which has four four screening rooms yeah Mm -hmm. four screening rooms one of like two blocks of short films Uh it's so popular sells out early and the the other venue the other venue is the best pole center for the arts which has the brent auditorium with a wonderful huge stage and seats about 200 uh-huh. and a room called the little red hen seats about 125 and it's another wonderful venue uh-huh. and large screens everything is on large screens oh, so that that's the huge treat after two years of virtual of zooms <laughs> yes, yes yes indeed well gene in the remaining few minutes of the podcast Do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? And of course, at the end, I will also mention the website so that our listeners can visit the website and see all of the films and the the beautiful artwork that uh, that's on display. Of course, 
we did a, we did a promotional blog post yesterday with some of the artwork, but could you give our listeners some closing comments here? I would like to say that while the festival weekend as a whole starts with opening night on the 24th, before that, we have something called a curtain raiser event, which is a film reflection of Walk with Water done by a local Sebastopol filmmaker. And it will be followed by an environmental stewardship panel and program that we're very excited about. It's, it's the first time we've done such a thing to celebrate the great local talent that we have before the festival. And we're just really looking forward to the town being alive again and the chatter and the fun of talking about films as mm -hmm. we rush between venues yes. to try to get to the next start time. One of the uh, one of the things to remind our listeners is that the Rialto Theater with the four screens that you mentioned is in the Barlow Entertainment District which has many wine tasting rooms, lots yes. of restaurants and bakeries and what have you. Yeah. So you can double your pleasure by going to see yep. a film at the Rialto and just walk uh, half a block and you've got more restaurants than you could shake a stick at. That's true. And if over to the art center, you'll be going down Main Street, which also has amazing restaurants and pubs and Mimi's ice cream, which everybody who comes to Sebastopol has to try. That's Mimi's ice cream. Been there yeah. been there more often than I than I care to admit. Yeah, I know. Everybody <laughs> Well, Jean, I want to thank you very much for taking the time from your busy schedule to join us today and to recount the history and the ongoing workings of the documentary film festival and the great work and leadership that you've shown in helping the festival attain 15 wonderful growing years and most importantly achieving that academy motion picture designation so kudos to you and your team thank you jim and thank you for this wonderful opportunity it's been a great interview wonderful and for my listeners please make sure to visit the website of the film festival. It's www.sebastopolfilmfestival.org. Again, www.sebastopolfilmfestival.org. And for my listeners, please take a moment to visit our website at www.thesanfranciscoexperiencepodcast.com to subscribe. And to listen to the past 255 episodes, click on the Episode tab and choose one of the 16 subject categories of the podcast. This has been the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, coming to you from America's favorite city, San Francisco. <laughs>